0: I have a question, are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast and the Mowing in the Light podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Friday episode. Guys, it is Friday morning. I am sorry that this video or or podcast, they're on both. You can find the video only on Rumble, and you can find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, but... I'm sh- sorry that this is coming out so late in the day on Friday. I actually re—I recorded this the first time yesterday, and was getting it ready to put it out or whatever. I just wasn't happy with the cadence and, and the way the podcast sounded. So we're gonna re—we're re- gonna redo it here. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into it here a little bit. It's just early in the morning, so if you want, you can grab a cup of coffee, uh, sit down with me. If you're at home and you're not out working, you can sit down, have a cup of coffee. I know that I'm recording this in the morning, and you might be listening to this Saturday or Sunday morning. So again, grab a cup of coffee, grab your Bible. If you're at home, uh, use this as your quiet time if you want to. Uh, just just sit down with me. Let's jump into the word. Today, we're going to be jumping into 1 John chapter 3. We're going to go through the whole chapter. So before we go any further, I have to play the show notes and then we will jump right back into it. As a lawn care provider, do you want to make a year-round income? Are you worried at the end of the lawn care season because you don't know how you're going to make it through the winter? Then you need to check out the 12-month contract from the mowing in the dark podcast this is the same contract that Aaron uses to grow his lawn care business this 100% editable 12-month contract template is available for only $5.99 the contract has rock solid terms and conditions so you are protected from all kinds of liability in lawn maintenance and snow removal get your 12-month contract at mowinginthedarkpodcast.com today All right, guys, thanks for letting me play that for you. Now, let's jump into 1 John chapter three. Now, John is the author of this. Uh, They're not sure exactly who this letter was written to. It just says believers at the beginning of the letter. And so it's written to everybody. So let's jump into 1 John chapter three. And then we're gonna, the way we do it here is I read the entire chapter. It doesn't take very long. And then we go back to verse one and we break it down verse by verse. Sometimes I use a commentary, sometimes I don't. Now I have to give a disclaimer because I give it every time. I'm not a Bible scholar. I didn't go to Bible school, but I just love the word of God. I love sharing it with people. I love talking about it with people. And so I, I just love doing it. So this is what came out of that is this Faith Friday episode, all right? So, without any further ado, let's jump into 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known." But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is the devil, is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil and his work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning, because he he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are, and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother." Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This, then, is how we know that we belong to the truth, and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence, whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and we and he knows everything. Dear children, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and receive from him Anything we ask, because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him, and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit he gave us. All right, and that ends chapter 11. Now I want to make something clear here that um, you know what? I don't know what I was going to make clear here. I was thinking as I was reading and I thought, oh, I, I need to mention that. And now I can't remember what it was. So yeah, I guess it wasn't that important. All right. So let's go back to verse one and let's, let's start breaking this down. Okay. Verse one, how great is the love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. I love this verse. This is one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. How great the love the father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. I mean, that, that right there is enough to just bring you to tears because we're, God considers us his children. If we believe in him, and we follow him he considers us children we're adopted the bible says we're adopted it's just amazing we are we're like we're we're not equal with jesus but we are we're one of god's children it just amazes me it's so good and that is what we are The reason the world, okay, and then John goes into why the world doesn't know us. The reason the world doesn't know us is that it did not know him. The world doesn't know Jesus. That's why they're called the world. In Christian speak, we call it the world because we're in Christ and they're in the world, all right? It's just a separation, and I know it can be confusing, but... That, that's, that's the way it's put here. And it, the world doesn't know him because they didn't know us because they don't know Jesus. Verse 2, dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be is not yet been made known. We don't know what we're going to be when we get to heaven. We don't know how we're going to be transformed. The Bible says that we're going to be given a perfect body. And it's going to be like this body, but it's not going to be this body. We might look like ourselves, but we'll be perfect. All right. Um, Let's keep going here. Uh, But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. So we're going to see Christ as he is, not as the man, Jesus, that came here to earth, but as he truly is in his glory in heaven, that that's going to be pretty sweet. I got to say, all right, uh, keep going here. Verse three, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Who's the, he that it's talking about here. Jesus, just as Jesus is pure everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself so if we have hope in Jesus Christ that purifies us just as he is pure just as Jesus is pure verse 4 everyone who sins breaks the law now we're we're shifting gears all right we have hope and now we're now he's talking about sin okay everyone who sins breaks the law in fact sin is Lawlessness. So when we think about sin, there there's a couple different definitions you could go, different examples you could you could you could give. All right, He's, John says here, sin is lawlessness. Well, what law? Is it man's law? Like you know, I I went five over the speed limit, or is it God's law? And it's God's law that that is lawlessness. Okay, it's God's law that we are disobeying. All right, so. It's, it's that law. It's not man's law. It's not the world's law. It's God's law that we're disobeying. So that's the law that we're breaking here. And you can you can look at sin in a, at a couple different ways. It can be lawlessness, or it can be just missing the mark. And I don't really like the definition of missing the mark because that means that, oh, we, we just didn't do something just right but but that's not that's not the case we're we're breaking the law that's what sin is we're breaking the law and so i don't like the archer analogy because it, you could just tweak it a little bit and then you could be good No, that's not, that's not what it is. The law, the law is much different than that. And so I don't really like that Archer analogy. Let's keep going here. Verse five, but you know that he appeared so that the, so that he might take away our sins. Jesus Christ came so that he might take away our sins. All right. It's simple. I don't even have to reread that. Verse six. Oh, I've missed something. And in him is no sin. So, John is saying in Jesus, there is or was no sin. There's no sin. Now, it, 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 he says is because Jesus is not dead. He's alive. So we, we say there is no sin. Even as Jesus walked the earth, he had no sin. Verse six, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. All right. So this is talking about unrepentant, habitual sin. All right. So you're, you're continuing to sin. You, you have this sin and maybe not even unrepentant. Okay. So it's just habitual sin. It's a sin that you continue to do over and over and over and over and over again. And you don't have any control over it. You have no power over it. It consumes you. Now, I want to share my testimony here because it's relevant to this, all right? So when I was a kid, I got saved at Bible camp, all right? And basically what it was is the camp counselor took me outside. We sat down on this log, and he did this with every kid in the in the cabin that we were in, uh, just us two alone. We went out there, we sat down on the log, and he said, so... You want to ask Jesus into your heart is basically what he said, just right out the gate. And I was like, hmm, yeah, I think so. All right, well, let's pray this prayer then. Pray it right after me. I I was like 11 or 12 years old. Maybe, I think I was 11. And I was like, okay. And from that point on, I thought I was saved because I prayed a prayer one time. And what I have found out over the years... Especially the last two years, is that that stinking little prayer means absolutely nothing if you do not believe it in your heart. If you do not believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you don't believe in your heart, I'm sorry, it, there's nothing you can do. You're not saved. You can pray the prayer all day long. You can say the words all day long. If you don't believe it in your heart, you're not saved. So, some of my Baptist friends out there might disagree with me on this. A lot of different friends that are listening to this might disagree with this. There's nothing to disagree with. If you do not believe in your heart, you are not saved. Just like, just like, if you're not saved and you get baptized, you're just a wet sinner. It that's what it is. So that's what John is getting at here. And so my testimony, continuing that, is I got saved at eleven. Saved at eleven. I did air quotes for those that are listening. And um, so then that weekend, when I got home, I I prayed the prayer on a Friday. Got home on a Saturday that Saturday I was sexually abused by a neighbor and I'm telling you that threw me for a tailspin and um, it dragged me, this abuse dragged me into sin. All right. So at first it started as abuse and then I started to go along with it and it got me into pornography And so I, for years, up until two years ago, I had no, really no control over porn. None, absolutely none. Um, I I would try to stay away from it for as long as I could, because I I, I wanted to be away from it. I hate it. I absolutely hate it, but it dragged you back kicking and screaming and that there was just no. Victory over that sin in my life at all, at any point, and uh, the longest I had gone without it was a month, and I was even a part of a group that would meet online, and it was like a support group or something like that, and um, it was kind of like a um, like a like an AA meeting kind of thing for porn addicts or whatever, and so we would meet and. Talk and whatever, but there was never any victory there from anyone in the group. There was never any victory, and and so I I I have not been able to get over this. But two years ago, I saw the documentary and American the American Gospel, and besides all the other stuff that they talk about in there about the prosperity gospel, about all that stuff that. I don't really care about. That doesn't really matter to me at this point. I don't believe in that stuff anyway. They went through the gospel with a fine-tooth comb, and that is what got me. I never heard the gospel in that way before. I never heard it laid out like it was laid out in that film, and it got a hold of me. And late one night, I was laying in my bed. I mean, late, like 2 a.m., and I just said, you know, I don't think I'm saved because in that film, they say, they, they say like, you need to test yourself. Are you really in the faith? Examine yourself. And I examined myself and I found that I didn't think I was. And so I, I simply said, God, I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Now, I confess with my mouth to you guys, to anyone that'll listen, that Jesus is Lord. So you believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. And I believe that. And so I that is how that is what I view as a salvation prayer, if you want, is that. Believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead and confess with your mouth. It doesn't mean you say it to by yourself in a bathtub in your home. That means that you confess to other people. I mean, your your non-Christian friends, your Christian friends, people that that don't even want to know that Jesus is Lord. That is what it means to confess with your mouth. Okay? And the reason I bring this up is because that's what, that's the sin that John is talking about here in verse six. in verse six. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. That That keeps on sinning is, is habitual sin. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. So what, what he's saying here is that it's not these one-off sins. We're all going to sin. We're still human. We're still here on earth. We still live in a fallen world. What he's saying here is a, a true believer cannot live in unrepentant sin, in habitual sin. And I got to tell you, two years ago, after I, I prayed and I sought God and I examined myself and found that I, I was not in the faith, and I simply said, you know, in my prayer to God, and then i started just speaking it out who, to whoever i could find that jesus is lord i started having victory i started having victory over this sin that has been plaguing me for 20 25 years uh, and and to this day I, I still i still have to fight the the temptation but I don't give into it because I have power over that. I have power over it now. And that is what, that is what this is about here. All right. So let's keep going and we're going to read more about it. Verse seven, dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. So dear children, don't let anyone lead you astray. Don't let people drag you into sin. He who does what is right is righteous. If you're doing the right things, if you're staying away from that habitual sin, if, if habitual sin in your life is being conquered, it might not happen all at once. It might not be like a snap of a fingers. But if, if you are finding victory over that habitual sin day after day, I believe you are saved, and I believe that the power of God is is working in your life to sanctify you. So, when you do what is right, then you are becoming righteous, just as Jesus is righteous. Verse 8, he who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So he who does what is sinful is of the devil. What is that what is John saying here? Is he saying that you're you're born of the devil? No, he's saying that if you're in that habitual sin that is of the devil. What does that mean? That means you're not in the faith. That means you're not in the faith. So if you are continually never having control over habitual sin in your life, you're not in the faith. That is what John is saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's what John is saying. The reason the Son of God, or I'm sorry, let's go back a little bit, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. So he who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. He's saying here, the devil's been sinning this whole time. And and, and if, you do, if you do what is sinful, you're of the devil. Because look, he's been sinning the whole time. You've got a habitual sin that is continuing and continuing. It's like a timeline. You can see a timeline in your life of this sin. And it's kind of a cool picture. If you could see it like I see it in my brain, <laughs> I'm trying to explain it, but it's not coming out right, um, That that it's... That's what it is. You're not of the devil. Your sin is of the devil. And if you continue to do these habitual sins, you're you're not in the faith. If you don't have power over them, you're not in the faith. The reason the Son of God appeared was to, to destroy the devil's work. What's the devil's work? It's sin. And it's to get you to sin. And to get you to fall into this habitual sin. This sin that controls you, that overtakes you. Now, I'm not saying that a Christian cannot fall into habitual sin. But what I am saying is, if you don't have power over that habitual sin, you're not in the faith. So, you might be sinning habitually. You may just not have chosen to take that power over that sin. Now, for me, I was in the place where I had no power over it. I had none. I tried. I had none. Until I really sat down and I examined myself and I learned, I have to believe in my heart that Christ, that God raised Christ from the dead and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Then I was saved. Then I started having power over this habitual sin. Verse 9, no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is hope. All right, this is hope. Verse 9, no one who is born of God will continue to sin. No one who is born of God will continue to habitually sin. They will have power over it. And obviously, if you're born of God, you hate the sin in your life. So if you hate the sin in your life, you're not going to continue that habitual sin. Because God's seed remains in him. What's God's seed? It's, it's Jesus. Jesus is God's seed. And he remains in you. He cannot Go on sinning, because he has been born of God. So if if you're still habitually sinning, you're not in the faith. That's what he's saying here. and That is not something I want for you. Please listen to me. Believe in your heart that God raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And confess to others with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you shall be saved. That's what I want for you. Verse 10. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. So this, what we just read. No, those two contrasting verses verse 8 and verse 9 they're contrasting verses goes from the devil to jesus all right this is how we know who the children of god are and who the children of the devil are the children of god do not continue in this habitual sin the children of the devil continue in this in this habitual sin Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. Nor is anyone who does not love his brother. So now John adds something in here. Nor is anyone who does not love his brother. So he adds an element to this now. And and I, I'm a little confused, but I'm, uh, um, I guess I'm not really that confused. Um, so what it says, what it means here is that Anyone who is, who is in the faith or who claims to be in the faith but does not love the brothers in the faith, then they are not of God. They, they are not born of God. All right, let's go on to verse 11. Now we're shifting gears to loving one another. This is the message you heard from the beginning we should love one another. This is, you know, we hear this, you know, we hear this a lot is love God and love people. That's part of the gospel. Okay. That's not the whole gospel. That's part of the gospel. All right. So love God and love people. We should love one another. Good. Let's keep going. Verse 12, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? because his own actions were evil and his brother's were righteous. Okay, do you see what we just what we just read there? Do not be like Cain, who murdered his brother because the evil one was living in him. All right, what Paul is saying here, with loving your brother, all right, this is all a part of it. If you don't love your brother, let's read that again in verse 10. Uh, let's see. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. All right. So if you don't love your brother in Christ, you are not born of God. All right. Then he says in verse 12 here, Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brother's were righteous. If you're hating on your Christian brother... It's because your actions are evil and you're jealous of your brother. That's what John is saying here. I'm not saying it. John is saying it. If you hate your brother, if you are just, if you hate someone in your church who is a Christian fellow brother, it's because your actions are evil and you're jealous of your brother's faith. That's what it's saying here. In another place in the Bible, I believe it's on the sermon on, in the Sermon on the mountain, Jesus says, "If you hate your brother, you've committed murder in your heart. Well, John combines those two. Cain is a murderer. He murdered his brother way back in Genesis. and, and then he combines it with, with loving your Christian brother. This is huge. Verse 13, do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. So if the world hates you, well, you know that they're not of God. You know they're not in the faith. If the world hates you, you know they're not in the faith. So they're the world. And you can tell that with someone at your church too. If they hate you, you know that their actions are evil because they do not love their brother. And it goes the same for you. All right. Verse 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Again, he he's he's get, he's tying this all in. It's amazing. I didn't see this yesterday when I read this, and that's that's part of the reason why I want to come back and do this again. Is let's read that again. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. We used to not love our brothers, and now we know that we have passed from death, being dead, to being alive in Christ because we love our brothers now. Just look at what happened to Paul or Saul. Um, Saul was persecuting the church. God came down, struck him blind, talked to Paul or Saul and said, why are you persecuting me? Saul believed on Jesus Christ, and he, he switched. He completely switched. Instead of persecuting and hating the church, he loved the church. That is what it means to be in Christ. All right, Verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we, we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. He's just clarifying again. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Verse 15, anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Okay, same thing. John's saying exactly what Jesus said in in the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. All right. Verse 15 again. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. Verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. This is how we know what love is. So if we lay down our lives for our brothers, our brothers in the faith then we know that we are in Christ. Yes, this is how we know what love is. Okay, so that's how we know what love is, is that we lay down our lives for our brother. Verse 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? All right, so let's say the power is out in your neighborhood. And in my neighborhood, all right, we are on the same grid with our city hall and our city buildings. So our power rarely goes out. And so, but the people on the other street, their power goes out every once in a while. What if I had a generator? I don't have a generator, but if I had a generator and I'm sitting here with my power on and the neighbor over here, It has no power, no heat. It's the middle of January. It's cold. It's freezing temperatures out. Their pipes are freezing. I have a generator sitting here full of gas, and I don't lend it to them. I don't go over and knock on their door and say, hey, I've got a generator. You want to borrow it? How can the love of God be in me? If I see that they have a need, and I have the means to fill that need, and I don't do it, how can the love of God be in me? Verse, uh, let's see, verse eighteen. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth. So again, John is just saying here; he's showing us what love is, and if we don't have these things, we're we're not in the faith, dear children. Let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. So if your actions aren't lining up with truth, then you may not be in the faith and you got to examine some more. All right. Verse 19, this then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence whenever our hearts condemn us. So our hearts what it's saying here, this is a full sentence, but it they break it up. The, the people that made the NIV Bible put verse 20 at whenever our hearts condemn us, as if, as if it's an end of a sentence and the beginning of another, but it's not. Okay, verse 19. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence, in Jesus' presence, whenever our hearts condemn us. So we have to go back to verse 18. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but the action, but with actions and truth. This then is how we know we belong to the truth. All right. So when we use actions, when we use actions and we do it in the truth of Jesus Christ, that is how we know that we belong to the truth even when our hearts condemn us, because our hearts are wicked. Our hearts are wicked. I love it when people say, trust your heart, because I don't trust my heart at all. (laughs) I don't. My heart is absolutely wicked. Let's keep going here. Verse 20 is continuing on here. For God is greater than our hearts. God is greater than our heart, because our heart is 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 flesh all right and it's wicked and he knows everything god knows everything we don't know everything all right verse 21 we're starting we're getting into a new portion here verse 21 dear friends if our hearts do not condemn us we have confidence before god verse 22 and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. So if we have if if our hearts don't condemn us, we can have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask. Now, does that mean that he's going to give you material possessions that you ask for? No, not necessarily. I mean, you you could pray for money, he might give you a lot of money. I think this is talking more about wisdom, about love, about joy, peace, patience, the, the, those things. Not necessarily material things, but it could include that. Verse 22, and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. So if we don't do what pleases him, he's not going to give us what we, what we ask for. Verse 23, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. So that's the gospel just kind of summed up right there. You know, love God, love people. That thing there again, it's summed up. It doesn't mean that's the whole gospel, but it's summed up in those two things. And this is his command. To believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, to believe that God raised Christ from the dead, and to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and to love one another as he commanded us. Why are we commanded to love one another? Because when we love one another, we know that Christ is living in us. That's what we learned through 1 John 3 here. Verse 24. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. This is where we got to this is what we got to see. We know it by the spirit he gave us. We know it. We know that God is living in us, that Christ is living in us, the Holy Spirit is living in us when we know it by the spirit he gave us. And that wraps up First John chapter three. Whew, guys, this episode was way better than the one I recorded yesterday <laughs> because I'm, I'm fresher, I'm thinking better and um, God has just revealed more things to me as I read this. And so that, that ends it for today. Guys, I hope this was, was challenging to you. I know it was to me. Examine yourself. Be sure that you're in the faith. If you're not, and you feel absolutely convicted about sin that is in your life that is habitual and you have no control over it, believe in your heart that Christ, that God raised Christ from the dead. Confess with your mouth to those around you believers and non-believers alike, that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. That's what I want to say to you. That's That's what this whole thing sums up. Believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you shall be saved. And then, and only then, will you start to have power over the habitual sin in your life? Guys, I hope this was helpful for you. I hope it was challenging to you. I hope that you got a lot out of this. And I hope that you will walk away from this episode and, uh, and share it with your friends, first of all. Share it with your family. Because this message needs to get out. We don't hear this very often. We don't hear it broken down like this, and and I haven't heard it broken down like this in a long time. So share this episode with your friends and your family, guys. Love your neighbors. Love your family. Love your brothers. Love them enough to share this episode with them so that they can hear the gospel. If you're afraid to share it yourself, at least share this with them. All right guys, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have taken this to heart. You've prayed, you've prayed, you've examined yourself, and I hope that you found yourself in the faith. All right guys, thanks for listening. I will see you in the next Faith Friday episode.